Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right, it's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and the effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Glenn Dunsweiler will join us to discuss a degree in homelessness. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world-famous question of the week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. the Grok's Science Show. Well, going off to get a degree, it's supposed to help us get a job, right? How do we not get a degree in homelessness? Joining us today to discuss this issue is Mr. Glenn Dunsweiler. Mr. Dunsweiler is a filmmaker, producer, public speaker, and video coach. Previously, a professorship at CSU San Bernardino and is now in Los Angeles focusing on the business side of entertainment. The name of his new book is A Degree in Homelessness, Entrepreneurial Skills for Students. Mr. Dunsweiler, thank you very much for joining us today on the Grok's Science Show. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is a book to help individuals in terms of focusing on what they need. I'm curious why you decided to put the book together. Yeah, because we don't teach it in school. And I came from a really academic background. Both my parents were teachers. And so school and getting a degree was the key to success as far as they can, they were concerned. And it, and it worked for them. They were both baby boomers. And I was good at school. So I got into school and my parents were also on that key of follow your passion and and make it work. So my passion was in entertainment and that's a really hard degree to get and make work straight out of school. It's a lot, any of the arts and humanities, there's not, there's not a guarantee. So I ended up falling into teaching and academia just by kind of happenstance and went, okay, well, this is an opportunity. I'll work with that. And my students were getting to their junior and senior year and starting to panic because they had all these student loans and they had no idea how they were going to make money, one, to pay the student loans back and two, to make a living while they're paying the student loans back because no one's offering jobs for theater majors. No one's, you, you have to hunt, you have to figure it out. And I didn't have an answer for them. And I was getting stuck in academia. I the most I ever made in academia, if I remember right, was $57,400 a year. And that was after 11 years in the university world, UNLV to UC Riverside to eventually CSU San Bernardino. And I thought I was worth more, and my employer said, "No, you're not." And I was stuck. I thought, "Well, how does that work?" And so I got tired of academia and moved to Los Angeles to really focus on the business side of entertainment. And I would go to networking events, I would just say, how do you make money? How do you make money? How do you make money? And it was great because they would tell you to a certain point and then they wanted you to join in their adventure or whatever it is. But it was this, I met these amazing entrepreneurs and and learned from about six, seven, eight, nine of them. And some of them I had to pay and some of them, I I just figuring out how business, the, the business side of the world worked. And I thought, oh, my students need these skills. The, the students that are panicking because they've sold, been sold a golden ticket or the golden ticket ideal, they need to know what to do after that golden ticket turns out to be lead. 
This is a challenge that so much of education is facing. There's always been a tension between academia, which is focused on just pursuit of ideals for their own sake, and vocational training. Fundamental tension there that just can't be resolved education today. Yeah, I think that the United States has really bought into this idea of exploitation for short-term goals. And even in education, universities started getting their loans guaranteed by the U.S. government. So they started being able to charge whatever they wanted for that degree. And it was going to get paid. We'll worry about it later. You'll worry about paying it back later. And even in the trades, I was listening to a tradesman and he was talking about being a carpenter versus being an HVAC tech. And the expectation that because you work with technology as an HVAC tech and everybody has experience with wood, your clients have experience with wood at some point, they don't value woodworking as much as they value the knowledge you have as a tech. So what even found in the trades was there was this pay limit to the value, the joy you could provide to someone for building them a chair versus fixing their air conditioning unit. (laughs) And so it was easier to charge more for learning air conditioning, right? And that's the business side that we never, even in the trades, even in this world of getting a job, that's what we train people to do. We train people to get a job and money is something, at least for me, it was something that my employer never paid me enough of. Whatever that was, I didn't even know what money was. It just was something that someone gave me. And you learn to not be able to define your value. You wait for an employer to define your value. And you start to look at your life in terms of a job or working for someone or kind of a handout. And the entrepreneurial side says, no, what value am I giving? How can I give people joy And how can I give people joy that they're willing to pay me money for? And the way you get to an amount, there are different ways to justify that. And it's all, I won't call them mind games, but it's, they're mind games. It's just, what is your value? How can you argue that? How can you convince someone of your value? And really it's learning what the world is like when you view yourself not as an employee, but you view yourself as a product, either your time or something you make to sell to clients. And those are the two worlds that we kind of live in in capitalism in the United States. And our school system only teaches us the one side. And my argument is, I don't care what education you have, learn to strategize to get the best education for what you can do to succeed once you're out of that education, whatever it is. But then you also have to learn these entrepreneurial skills to make sure that you can succeed outside of your education. A kid who's coming into college, they really don't know what their value is, finding their own value. It's sort of a big ask for them. How do you lead them along that path? Yeah, I always say that entrepreneurial skills are like vegetables. You learn these things and maybe they don't apply to you. So when you're in your teens and your early 20s, vegetables, you know about them. Your parents told you to eat them, but you can live off Burger King. Your body doesn't hurt for that. You can just eat all the hamburgers and tacos that you want, fried food. It's all good until you hit about 25, 26 and your body says, oh, man, (laughs) what's going on? And then you realize, oh, yeah, my mom talked to me about carrots and salads. Maybe I should look into that. So as long as we teach and start giving people the idea that they need to plan for themselves without the pressure of you're going to lose if you're not going to to plan correctly, we don't need to add that pressure to them. But if we just start thinking about 
What I do is I go into schools. I have a talk called Learn, Do, Connect, Repeat. And the first thing I say to everybody, I say, you have value. You have it. And I go by every desk and I say, you have value. You have value. But you have to learn what that value is and how to communicate it. And we just start now. Because for me, I never learned how to communicate my value until I was in my 40s. My value was the piece of paper that some university gave me. And then that, for some reason, allowed me to expect a certain pay rate, which is really bizarre. I don't even know what that negotiation was. I just know that, oh, if I'm a nurse, I make this much. Or if I'm a physician, I make this much. Or if I'm a street cleaner, I make this much. You know, it's why? Why is that? And so we just start working on those skills. I have a friend that had her son open up an Amazon store when he was 10. And what he would do is he would curate toys that he thought would be interesting, put them all in his store and then advertise his store. And so people started buying from him and it was that drop ship model. And he was 10 and he was learning how to communicate the value, the value of his store, how to talk to clients or customers, what that means, communication skills, all these things that we don't expect kids to be experts at calculus at six, but we start them on math. So that's, that's kind of the same model. This book I wrote for anybody that's stuck, and I say it's for students, but it could be for high school students, it could be for college, it could be people that just graduated, it could be people that are looking to tr change careers, people that are looking to go back to work, anybody that needs ideas to think of ways to get themselves unstuck. Because if you have your the model of just being an employee and you're waiting for someone to define your value and you're waiting to get that job and you're just applying for jobs, you can get yourself stuck really easily. So when you look at entrepreneurial skills and you add those in, about how can I communicate my value? How can I have a side business? Maybe I like baking cookies and those are really good. My neighbor said those are amazing. Well, maybe I start a side business selling cookies and I figure what that out is. And I'm not afraid of it because back in when I was 19, I read this crazy book from this crazy guy, Glenn Dunsweiler, that had all these entrepreneurial skills. Hey, where is that book? I'm going to dig that book out and go through it, you know? Oftentimes, uh, when folks find themselves in these positions, it's a path of least resistance. If the position is negotiated for you, it's something that to do much in terms of arguing one way or the other, the larger market has decided. And to go out and be an entrepreneur requires a little bit more proactive setting of value, which hasn't already been predecided. Right. And I think that in some industries, let's say the STEM side of education, there are companies that are waiting to hire you out of graduation. They, you're getting headhunted. People want chemistry students. People want engineers. People want software engineers. So if you don't mind someone already having negotiated your value and offering and you go that path of least resistance, that's great. But what if you don't like engineering and there aren't people that aren't waiting for you? So you like painting. I, I interviewed or talk to a woman that she was a fine artist, but no one was going to pay her to be Pablo Picasso. She was good at painting animals. And she decided that a way that she could have people recognize value is she could paint portraits of their pets and them in kind of a manufactured family portrait that maybe they never had. And then she could also market to people that had lost their pets and never got a good picture. So she could manufacture these family portraits with these deceased animals who people loved. And she was giving them joy that they were willing to pay her money for. So she made 
an entrepreneurial shift to, okay, let me see if I can get hired as a painter to, oh, I can start my own business. I just have to figure out how to communicate what I do, what I can do for clients. And sometimes if you have someone waiting to give you a high paying job, great. (laughs) If the path of least resistance that you can take and you don't mind someone just saying, here's money, show up nine to five, or these are your hours, this is, these are the deliverables, then great. But if you don't have that and you need to be able to communicate your own value in a specific way, and you also maybe want to make more than your employer is paying you, then you could use these entrepreneurial skills. And as you practice them, they also become less resistant. It's kind of like coding. I'm sure that once a person learns how to code in software, it's just easy. Same thing with entrepreneurial skills. The more you practice at selling something or talking to someone about products or communicating your value, the easier it becomes. Changes that are going on in the workplace, the AI coming on board, everybody's going to have to find their own value in communicating that to the respective individuals that are finding your contribution valuable is always going to be important. Yeah. And the perfect example was COVID. I have a lot of people that work in the entertainment industry, the live entertainment industry. And within a week, they saw all of their bookings, all of their jobs go away. How are they going to make money? And a lot of them waited for the government checks to help them, to save them. But I specifically have a a friend I went to undergrad with who was into lighting and scenery design and manufacture for live productions. And he owned a whole business up in Sacramento. And then when that whole industry imploded in a week, he pivoted to manufacturing sneeze guards because he had all the the tools to make stuff. And so he just started buying plexiglass and cutting plexiglass and manufacturing. Guess what? During COVID, everyone wanted sneeze guards. They wanted different size sneeze guards and shape sneeze guards. And then now that COVID's over, he's gone into manufacturing this robust art and these cutouts, these steel cutouts, because he has the machines to cut the steel into shapes of different things. So now he's kind of in this commercial art business, but he saved his business and he is flourishing because, and he's not sad. The rest of my entertainment friends just got really sad because the whole life that they knew that they had bought into just went away. So you could say this with AI coming, you know, if you're a writer and then AI is just going to take, if you're a ghost writer and AI is going to take your ghostwriting job, you could be sad, you could go into depression, or you could use some entrepreneurial skills to, if you know what your value is, or if you can figure out how to convey it, you can pivot. I don't like using that word because it's, it's very entrepreneurial. Just pivot. It's it's very businessy. But yeah, that's what you have to do. And you stop yourself from depression, from being sad. You you are really into the active mode of saving yourself, which unfortunately in this country, that's I've been hit by cars multiple times and because I ride a motorcycle. And guess what? There's no one to save me. It's either family or community or me. That's it. So it's a great reminder that the better you can make yourself able to to move and maneuver and be active and figure out how you fit in the world into the changing world, the better off you are. It's like that in many fields where you're looking for the opportunities and being the one to take hold of them and deliver it. Yeah. And technology is changing so fast now. And we are just going on the ride of things that we can do because we can. (laughs) 
And so you're either going to get left behind, which arguably is not in a good position to be in, or you make yourself available to learning new things. That's that joke, learn to code, right? When all those writers were getting fired and someone flippantly said, well, you better learn to code. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be code, but it has to flip yourself into this really positive outlook of how I will succeed and how can I? And it really, it really turns you into a positive person. I came from very cynical people from employees that employee people that were always, well, that could go wrong. That could go wrong. And cynical people make great employees, but you never see an entrepreneur be cynical because they can't, they need to always be up. I was talking to another person that was selling phones for AT&T and I said, do you like sales? And she says, well, I connect with people and I'm good at it. And so I just do it. And I think people that are good at sales are people that just generally are happy people and people want to be around. And if you can tap into those skills, if you can be more attractive by being happier and, and wanting to be around people, so people want to be around you and wanting to talk to people, those are skills that I really had to tap into and learn. And I have my own path to get there in the past 10 years. But it helped me because I only grew up as keep your head down and work hard. And that got me because that's what my parents told me. And that got me taken for granted. And so I tell students, keep your head up and work hard. Look for the opportunities. Look for your alliances. Look for the community that you can build with people so you can all succeed instead of drilling your head down and just letting your work speak for itself. Because when your work speaks for itself, you're not speaking for you. And you can get taken for granted. So those are kind of really important skills that I've defined. And and people argue with me about that because they don't want to. They don't want to be that guy. They just want to have a job and live their lives. And I understand that. And if that opportunity is there for you, great. But what if it's not? You go through a lot of these issues in the book. Were there ones that you found particularly compelling, ones that surprised you when you learned them? You would really like to stress for people who... Yeah. So... When I give the short version of my talk, learn, do, connect, repeat, one is money is a transfer of energy and people will pay you money if you give them joy. So what kind of joy can you give them that they are willing to pay you money for? Funny story, I wanted to be a speaker on homelessness. I've done extensive work on trying to solve homelessness across the U.S., but no one wants to pay me money to speak about homelessness because homelessness is a subject gives no one joy. So, okay, I could do this, but no one's going to pay me money for it. So what can, what joy can you give? You need to define your value, whatever that value is. And then you have to figure out how to communicate that value. But I let them know primarily you have value. Don't wait for someone to tell you, you have value. You have value and it's in your hands to define what that value is. And that is the crux of an entrepreneur. And when you're getting fired or you're getting let go or you're not getting the jobs or you're getting passed by in interviews and you're not getting promotions, that stuff can drag you down. So if you know that you inherently have value and it's inherently up to you to figure out how to communicate that value, it it puts you in a better headspace. And that's really what I am looking for these students because they're getting they're getting it from teachers. There's teachers are saying, hey, if you don't get these grades, you're not going to get into college. So it's like a threat. And you just like, whoa, stop. Stop threatening students, please. 
You have value. It's just up to you to communicate that. And that's the main thing. Well, really an admirable message. And we are running slightly out of time. Just final words regarding your book, A Degree in Homelessness. Yeah, it's in print, in ebook at your favorite online reseller. And then my last name is a heck of a last name. But as far as I know, in the world, there's only one Glenn Dunsweiler, D-U-N-Z-W-E-I-L-E-R. And everything comes back to my website, glendunsweiler.com. We were talking with Mr. Glenn Dunsweiler, the book, A Degree in Homelessness, Entrepreneurial Skills for Students. Mr. Dunsweiler, thank you so much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was fun. And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.groks.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking.